You're listening to the Back Home Network, presented by Homefield Apparel. And welcome, Hoosier fans, to the first emergency episode of the offseason here on March 29th. Uh, as the first transfer portal domino has dropped for Indiana in terms of someone coming in. Obviously, we've had some news of uh, folks heading out with Logan Duncombe announcing his transfer and Tamar Bates last night announcing his transfer as well. But this morning, Wednesday morning, we got the first announcement of a new Hoosier coming in, and that is Peyton Sparks from Ball State. Uh, who was on campus uh, yesterday or a couple days ago, and uh, a lot of chatter kind of started to heat up behind the scenes that this may happen. And so Indiana, which obviously is losing a lot of production and depth inside with Trace Jackson Davis gone, with Race Thompson gone, uh, looking to restock that, uh, and they do it with Peyton Sparks, uh, you know, an in-state player uh, from uh, from Winchester, Indiana, uh, played his last two years at Ball State, uh, averaging roughly, you know, 13 and a half points, about eight and a half boards, uh, a couple of assists a game, you know, really known as kind of a rugged inside presence, perhaps a little little bit undersized, but able to make up for that uh, with some quickness, with some power, with some footwork. And so we're going to spend some time here on this edition of the Assembly uh, Call, you know, talking to you about what kind of uh, player Peyton Sparks is, how he fits, and what this means kind of overall for the trajectory of Indiana's offseason. And to do that, uh, the coach, Brian Tonsoni, is here with me. Uh, We're going to be joined here in a little bit by Evan Wilson, uh, our friend from Akron, who helped us uh, preview Kent State. Obviously, his team at Akron has played uh, Ball State a couple times each of the last few seasons. Uh, so he'll be joining us as well here in about 20, 30 minutes to give his thoughts on Peyton Sparks as well. Uh, but coach, let's start with you. Uh, give me your initial reaction to this commitment for Indiana. Well, the transfer portal is just a fascinating thing right now, and you have to embrace it. Uh, when, when you have heavy hits because of graduation in the past, you, you weren't able to rebuild as fast, and you weren't able to rebuild as you wanted to rebuild because transfers had to sit out a year, and, and so it's exciting. Um, sad to see uh, some players leave because you get connected to them, but it's also exciting to see some of these players coming in. And, and the quick uh, analysis of, of a short film – uh, that that I watch, it's a highlight film. Uh, we're getting a, a low post presence. It's it's not the type uh, that is uh, TJD, but it is uh, a, a young man who played here in Indiana high school basketball. Loves Indiana University. Is going to come in and be a role player uh, and someone who can score in a low post. So I, I, it's exciting to get that first piece. There's obviously pieces that Mike uh, Woodson are going to want to bring in. Uh, that are going to be uh, maybe more of a lead player, I would imagine. But this guy can score in the post as he's double digits in in the MAC and and watching his tape, he, he's got some things about him that uh, will fit in to to what's uh, what's happening. So uh, I look forward to uh, watching more film on him and um, you know thinking uh, what's the next domino to fall. So let's dig in a little bit, you know, more to kind of what he is as a player here in a second. I think, you know, one of the initial things, you know, the initial reactions that people have, uh, coach, when you see a recruitment like this and especially a commitment is, wait a minute, are we going to be playing the too big thing again, you know, with a couple of guys who don't really have outside games with, you know, with Sparks and Renew, uh, you know, is this the only big man that we're going after? 
I would say, you know, you still we have to be patient. So we need to obviously, you know, analyze this and talk about this and figure out what Peyton is going to bring. But I wouldn't yet, you know, try to go 10 steps down the road and assume what this means. For example, we know that Indiana is going after Caden Shedrick from Virginia, a much different type of player. You know, Peyton Sparks is a back-to-the-basket guy. He's not a rim protector. He's a good rebounder, um, you know, but doesn't have a real versatile offensive game, whereas Shedrick is, you know, several inches taller, more of a rim protector guy, more of a lob threat. I don't see any reason why Indiana wouldn't still go at him full bore because there's room for all of those guys. You know, we're playing in the Big Ten. Uh, And as much as, you know, we all looked at the NCAA tournament and thought, hey, we need to get, you know, be less inside dominant. We need to get more athletes, all of those things, which are true. We also still have to navigate a 20-game Big Ten schedule. And so having a guy who can go down there and bang and get you rebounds and give you size down low and be able to compete against some of these other Big Ten players, I think there's a lot of value there. Um, And so to me, you know, if you're looking at bringing in Peyton Sparks, as a starting center in the Big Ten, I don't think you know that's a great position to be in. I think that really limits the kind of ceiling that you're going to have. But if you're bringing Peyton Sparks in as a guy who's going to be a strong rotation player, who based on different matchups can play more or less minutes, you know, can really come in there and give you energy, can be an offensive rebounder, can draw fouls, which are all things that he can do, that's something really valuable to have there between 8 to 10 in your rotation. Um, and so, you know, I think Indiana is still going to be looking obviously to fill out the top part of the rotation, um, with, you know, more guys at a starter level at a difference, uh, making level at a, at, you know, at a high major level. But I think Peyton Sparks can represent really, really valuable depth. And by all accounts, he's a guy who grew up wanting to be a Hoosier. Obviously, Indiana has close ties to the Ball State coaching staff with Michael Lewis there. And so, you know, the other big question is just how does the guy fit? You know, what kind of culture fit is he for what you're doing? I feel like Indiana was probably pretty far along in having an understanding of that, too. So I think there's a lot to like about this. Um, again, there may be some concerns if we get to the end of transfer portal season and, and you know we haven't brought in another big and you're going into a season without a real rim protector down there. We can address all that. But I don't think this means by any stretch of the imagination, Coach, that Indiana is done trying to fill in uh, in the front court. But you do, at some point, need to just raise the floor with depth and with solid pieces. And I think that, to me, is what Peyton Sparks represents. Well, this whole thing needs to be done with patience. Um, you know, th- there are tons of names out there. They're entering, you know, daily. Uh, and the coaching staff, uh, you know, from the head coach all the way down, Adam Howard's working on it. They're working on it. You have to have patience. Um, but it, the thing is, when you lose seven players and you have two recruits coming in, that's five spots. Uh, you're not recruiting everyone to be that superstar starter. You have to recruit people and get people that have maybe a couple years left if you want to go that way uh, versus a graduate transfer. Uh, and, and you have to build your roster. And the fun thing for uh, IU fans is not to judge this just by itself as, oh, this is the number one, the first one. This is the, the lead guy uh, of, of the program. You have to build a roster. Um, so, you know, one way I was talking with my son, we were traveling back from the baseball game last night. In some ways, this is, uh, you know, Logan Duncan elects to go elsewhere in his development. He was going to be a, a post player who was going to get some run. Uh, Peyton Sparks comes in with two years experience and double digits in a, in a pretty solid league that, you know, that that's an upgrade to the roster, however, he's going to be used. Um, and, and then, you know, I had some audio issues there and you were talking about the style of play. It'll be interesting. 
interesting to see, you know, is it the two post, uh, thing that we've had in the past, um, I, I don't think Sparks fills the Trace Jackson Davis dominance uh, that 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 we had by any means, uh, but I do think he is someone who uh, is capable of playing in in the Big Ten, and and only time will tell. But yeah, have patience with the building of this roster. Uh, it, it, it's an exciting time, and, and I, I'm excited because I think it's a culture piece too. Uh, I, I think this young man really uh, buys into Coach Woodson and what we've heard behind the scenes that he really wants to be at Indiana. You need some of that, too, when you're going to bring in five, six, seven new players to make sure what Coach Woodson has done well is build that uh, that Indiana program back to getting in the tournament. You need those culture pieces, and you got an Indiana guy who wants to be here. I think you had to take him, and, and, and he's skilled enough. Yeah, and, you know, look, I think we all have – just huge hopes for Malik Renew and and what he can do moving forward in his Indiana career. He's also been a guy who's been very prone to foul trouble. Um, and so, you know, Peyton Sparks gives you another guy who is proven, you know, as kind of a high efficiency player down there in the post who can do some of those things that Malik can do. Um, you know, and so whether you're building that front court depth for injury, for fouls, uh, whatever it is, you know, you know, I see some folks in the chat and I totally get it. You know, like, hey, we need shooting. We need rim protection. We need some of these things. And it doesn't seem. It, yeah. And it doesn't seem like this guy brings it. And I get that. Um, you know, but as, as we've said with the transfer portal, you know, it's so easy, coach. I think sometimes, you know, you watch all these NCAA tournament games and it's like, okay, we need a Nigel Pack and we need a Jordan Miller and we need a Marquise Noel and we need, Nor you know, Omir. Like you start going through and it's like, you want to get all these perfect pieces. Let's get John L. Davis from FAU. And, you know, it's easy to kind of run wild thinking about that. And Indiana's trying to do that with some of the higher end guys like the Timberlakes and the Ledlums and the Shedricks that they're going after. But you still have to fill out a 13-man roster that can help you navigate the regular season to even get to the NCAA tournament. And that's where I think Peyton Sparks can really help. You know, I don't think you necessarily look at him as a guy that, hey, when we get to the Elite Eight, he's going to be the difference maker. Although having a guy for 5-10 minutes in a game, as we saw against Miami, who can just come in and get some rebounds, that could be pretty valuable. And so I think that's a bit of a, a segue here, in, Coach, into talking about some of the strength that, strengths that Peyton Sparks brings. Because it's easy to look at some of the stuff that he doesn't, and I understand some of the concerns. He's a big guy who doesn't protect the rim. He's a big guy who doesn't really step out and shoot. I mean, almost everything that he does is at the rim. He's a guy who you know, needs post touches, you know, probably on offense when he's in the game uh, to be valuable, although I think you'll be able to get some second chance points from him as well. You know, and his free throw shooting is a bit up and down. Uh, you know, as a freshman, he shot 70% on 200 attempts, which is really good, uh, you know, for a guy who plays like he does. And then that dropped to 51.7% this year. Uh, and so when you look at what he does really well, he is elite at drawing fouls. And that is something that tends to translate. Like if you draw fouls, that's just something that you're probably going to do. He was third in the country last year in free throw rate. Uh, and so he's going to get to the line. Obviously, if he can capitalize with better free throw shooting, that would be really helpful. But that is something valuable to help you get other Big Ten big guys into foul trouble. And his rebounding numbers are outstanding. You know, you're losing two very good rebounders uh, in Trace and Race. Peyton Sparks is a guy who comes in with a defensive rebounding percentage of 22%. That is very good. His offensive rebounding percentage is 12.6%. As a freshman, it was 12.5%. So that is, you know, very consistent. Uh, he was in the top three in the MAC, in the top 100 nationally. And so to me, when you look at what he's, you know, bringing in, coach, uh, again, 
I don't think he's a guy that you necessarily pencil in for 15 to 20 minutes a game. You know, I think if that ends up being the case, this roster probably didn't fill in how we wanted it to. But I think he's a guy who can play five to 10 minutes per game pretty much every night, give you depth, give you some offensive rebounding, come in and get a couple of buckets. And then in some of those matchups where you have Malik in foul trouble, or you're going up against the Big Ten, or you just need a spark, you know, and someone who's a little bit fresher to come in and give you some offensive boards on a night when no one else is rebounding, and we had a few of those, Sparks is a guy who can come in and do that. And so, you know, I you don't like the fit as much in terms of like from a macro sense, you're not going to build an offense around this guy. But man, you look at some of the things he does, and they were things that really would have helped Indiana in some games this year if you had a guy who could come in and do some of those things. Um, so I would, you know, make sure while you're lamenting some of the things he can't do, remember the guy can do some stuff too, and has been a very productive player in the Mac for two straight seasons. Um, and some of those things can be valuable. Maybe not necessarily to win a Sweet 16 game but maybe to win two or three games in February when you're just trying to keep the momentum of the season going. And that is important. Um, it's not all just about March. You have to get to March too. Uh, and I think Peyton Sparks is the kind of guy who's going to be able to help Indiana do that throughout the Big Ten uh, season based on the stuff that he does bring to the table. Well, you need three or four uh, fours and fives. Uh, the the structure of your fours and fives are going to be interesting to watch, but you need you need that number of players. Uh, so it just happened that we get we got this five who's going to be maybe a fifteen minute guy um, first, and, and so that's where you got to have patience. Um, you need someone in that role, and why not get a guy who played at Ball State who had had that kind of stuff? The thing that impressed me about the list of stats is rebounding, and rebounding was an area that Indiana late in the season especially really got abused. Um, and so when you bring someone in uh, to, to back up the five or, to, or, or whatever rotation coach Woodson decides to, to play him in, in that second unit, uh, th those are, those are key things. Collecting fouls. What I saw in the brief amount of film I watched right away this morning, when you said we we're going to go on, uh, from inside the hall, he does a nice job of sticking his shoulder in the, in the chest of, of defenders. Um, you know, now, you know, you're playing up against the big 10, you're playing up against some bigger guys, but again, if he's coming off the bench 15, he's playing, you know, those minutes. Uh, I think that translates too, but he's really good with his body. Uh, he goes both hands right and left. So if he posts on, on the right side, he'll turn on the left shoulder and, and be able to score almost every shot was whatever side the basket was on. He was using uh, that. that. That's something that as great as TJD was uh, until his senior year, he didn't do uh, uh, very well. So he has a knack. Um, he has a knack for creating that contact, which gives him a little bit of separation and that allows him to score oversized. Will that translate to the Big Ten? We'll see. But again, those are little things that I do think translate. Those are little skills. Uh, we don't need him to get 13 to 14 points a game uh, at Indiana. We need him to come in and play solid minutes in a foul situation or to rest uh, and make sure that we have uh, you don't have to play anyone 38, 39 minutes at the starting five like we have in the past. So, uh, yes, he, he does some things. Uh, getting to the foul line late, too, as a sub, if he is coming off the bench, that builds fouls and, and you get into the bonus. And, and those are things that can help Indiana uh, win games. But I just think, again, his energy and his ability uh, to find spots on in the low post are, are something that you, you want in, in a post player. And I think that's what Coach Woodson saw and, and wants him in the program. 
Yeah, and he, you know, Fowles committed for 40 minutes. He's been right at about 3.5 both seasons. You know, that's not elite like Trace Jackson Davis is too, uh, but it's not as bad as Malik's either. And so he's not a guy who is overly foul prone. I'd say the other thing that I like about him, coach, um, and again, you know, we need to couch these statements. I'm not as high on this if this if he ends up being a 22 to 25 minute per game player. Right. I think this is better in kind of a 12 to 15 minute per game role, Um, you know, kind of like the role that Malik Renew had this year to a certain extent. Um, You know, if that's what he ends up playing, then I like this. If not, we'll come back and we'll have to have some bigger conversations about what this means. But that won't be as much about sparks. It'll be about Indiana swinging and missing on some other guys that they're going after. But the other thing I kind of like about him, coach he's got a bit of a nasty streak to him, like on the court, like he's, he's competitive, he's tough, you know, and you start thinking about games against Rutgers and games against Northwestern this year. And, you know, for as much as, uh, you know, you love just the, the skill of Trace Jackson Davis. And sometimes you would see that come out and he would just go dominate. But there's also sometimes just it's like kind of like an offensive lineman. You just want someone who's a little nasty sometimes. And I think Peyton Sparks will get in there and get tough. He's not going to back down, you know, from a physical battle. And again, I just think through the rigors of a 30 game season, you're going to need someone like that. Um, you know, and so I think that's something else that he can bring to the table that can be valuable. You saw the impact that X's attitude had, uh, you know, on this team. And I think getting X back, having a guy like Peyton Sparks there just to kind of be a straw that stirs the drink a little bit. Um, I don't think that's a bad thing to have as you go through big 10 play. Yeah. He seems to be, have a physical presence, um, uh, to to his play uh, when when he would post up a couple times in that film, you know he really did a good job finding an angle in the post by putting his hips and his and his rear end into someone and driving them up the lane and then having the the baseline to drop step and score. So uh, again, I'll, I'll be looking forward to watching some more complete game film to see how physical he is on defense. Uh, again, not the rim protector, but can he get in there and and, and battle physically? Uh, as a defender. So I, I think there's a lot to his game that, that could add to, to the Indiana Hoosiers. All right, ladies and gentlemen, joining us now live from Akron, Ohio. It is Evan Wilson. Uh, for those who, who don't remember, Evan uh, is our buddy who goes to Akron. He's a walk-on for the Akron Zips basketball program, grew up an Indiana basketball fan, but was here to help us preview the Kent State game, did a great job. And obviously, when I heard that uh, Peyton Sparks might be committing, he was one of the first people I reached out to to help give us a scouting report because, Evan, your Zips have played Ball State a couple times each of the last few seasons. You've gone through the scouting report process uh, with Peyton Sparks. So welcome, and give us your initial reaction to Peyton Sparks' commitment to Indiana. Yeah, uh, thanks for having me, first of all, and I enjoy coming on here. Uh, the first thing that comes to mind is um, I, that kid is so passionate. Like when you watch him play, you see the passion and you see the fire and you see the desire to, to play well, um, not necessarily for himself, but just for the team. Um, I have somewhat, I have a couple of mutuals like related to him. I've never sat down and like talked to him and, you know, we follow each other on Instagram and whatever, but I've never really had a conversation with him. But one of my good buddies from home from Noblesville lived in Winchester and was good friends with him before he moved to Noblesville, which is Winchester is where Peyton's from. Mm-hmm. And then one of the managers for the Ball State uh, men's basketball team graduated from Noblesville. Um, his name's AJ Hudson. He And he worked a lot with, with Sparks. And um, just between those two, I've, been able to see just as a person how how bad he wants it um he's in the gym all the time 
plays with fire and passion. So it's never you'll never question the want to. And I think the the fans are going to love to watch him play because of how hard he plays every night. Um, obviously, that's been something that fans have not necessarily complained about, but but have raised questions for for previous teams. But um, that'll never be a question for him. Um, as far as play style, he's tough, really, really, really strong. I mean, he's probably one of the physically stronger guys that we play in the MAC year round. Uh, when when Ball State comes to town or when we go to Ball State, we know it's it's going to be physical. Just in, you know, not necessarily for the rest of the team, even though they're physical as well, but just because we know he's he's going to look to hit somebody every time that ball goes up on on both sides of the of the floor. Um, so he's a physical player. He he's a good athlete. He runs well. Um, you would think for a guy with that much size, they wouldn't be able to run well, and he can run the floor pretty well and um, got got pretty good motor. Uh, played heavy minutes both seasons. Um, his numbers look pretty identical as we look here. He was thirteen five. Um, his freshman season and 13-3 is his sophomore season. Um, one thing that definitely improved over the last two years uh, of, of his game is, is his passing ability. Um, he was Mac freshman player of the year his first year. Um, I know we double teamed him some t- a couple times and um, teams across the league double teamed him this season. Um, and he was a much more not only accurate passer, but willing passer as well. I think that's something that people don't realize that um, you can be a good passer. But if you're not willing, you know, you're not going to see those numbers. Um, and you're not going to get guys open. So he's a very willing passer. Um, yeah, his, uh, to, to back that up, his assist rate jumped from 8% his freshman year to 13% last year. Right. In yeah, same yeah, amount yeah. of minutes. So, so. Yeah, so when you know he saw the double and he wasn't and he was willing to pass, obviously sometimes you know you can quick spin or you can kind of fight through a double team, but um, definitely a willing passer. And he's tough with the ball in the post, um, especially on double teams. He He's not one to really fumble it or turn it over in that sense. Um, he, he's going to make, make a pretty good decision. Um, not much of a jump shooter. He wasn't. He shot only a couple threes. Um, free throw percentage isn't great, but as soon as I say that, every time we played them, he seemed to shoot eighty or ninety percent from free throw line. So <laughs> it was always a note on the scouting report that he wasn't a great free throw shooter. And then he'd end up fourteen of fifteen from the line, and we're looking at the stat sheet like, dang, how did he do that tonight? Uh, but no, he's a great competitor. Um, he's been fun to watch, been fun to play against, fun to prepare for as well. Um, and I think he can provide a lot for for the Hoosiers moving forward. Yeah, he was nine for twelve against Akron from the free throw line this year. <laughs> and every and you know that that first game we played, there was forty four fouls called, and we had like two guys foul out and three guys with four fouls. So everyone was fouling Jeez. left and right, and there was a ton of free throws going up. And anytime we went to the line, we were kind of like, okay, we're going to get one here. And he seemed to hit two in a row just about every trip down the floor. So he made it tough on us for sure, and is a it, it's a testament to his competitiveness. He's he's a he's a great competitor. So what are what are some of the weaknesses to his game that you think, you know, could potentially be exacerbated by moving up a level to the Big Ten? Yeah, um, I think he's relied on his athleticism a lot um, and for good reason as well. Just this, I mean, he's an unbelievable athlete. You see his size. Um, so I think his footwork, um, he's going to need to work on his footwork. And, and I trust that the staff, you know, the staff understands that and he's going to they're going to get with him on that. Um, I know he's heavy left hand. Um, you know, it's, it doesn't take any, you watch a couple games and you'll see that he goes to his left hand quite a bit. Um, but you know, as we say that trace went to his left hand quite a bit and, and seemed to make it work out just fine over a course of four years. So, um, just being, I guess, uh, more than one dimensional in the post, um, being willing to spend both ways, being willing to use both hands is probably important for, for big athletes in the big 10, especially if they're starting to crowd him on one side. Um, and then just a free throw shooting, you know, it's not just, you know, I think free throw shooting in general is, is a is a lack of a lot of people's games. Um, I, you know, it's just it's free throw. They're free. Um, so I think it's not just him. It's everybody um, and across the country. But if he could shoot close to that 70% number that he shot his first season, um, it'll make him less 
of a foul target, um, probably give him more minutes as well. You know, if the game's close and, and Woodson knows that they're going to foul somebody, um, they're definitely coming at him first just based off his percentages. Um, so if he can improve that, he's not only helping himself, but he's helping helping the team and um, getting more minutes. Evan, Coach Tonsoni here. Uh, I got my start in Noblesville about 30 years ago. So awesome. uh, the Millers uh, um, are, are close to, to my heart as well. When you talk about, um, did you guys play him predominantly on that strong hand? In the film we saw on Inside the Hall, he, he did do some drop stepping to his right. Um, it, was he uh, not as efficient going to his right? And was that something you guys scouted um, uh, in, in your scouting report when you played against him? Um. We tried a bunch of different things. Um, I think a lot of teams will tell you that as well. That um, with with players such as great as as great as him, that it's it's never going to be one 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 decision for the rest of the game because good players like him they sees it one time and puts it in the back of his head. And next time he goes down there, he's he's going to attack that way. So um, I think he's he's a great player in the sense that he can make adjustments just as well as a coaching staff can make adjustments. So. Um, we tried a lot of things. Um, some things worked, some things didn't. Um, some things worked one game and didn't the next, and didn't one game and worked the next. So um, it's it's with great players like him, you got to throw a lot of different things at them to make them think a little bit. But um, he's a great thinker of the game. He's a great reactor. Um, like I said, just being a willing passer helped his game so much this season and made him really dangerous. Because um, if you if you were to double team him, you throw it in there and you double team him, and he's got a shooter on his side, he's going to throw it right out and. And there goes a three ball um, without him even taking a dribble. And he was regarded as one of the better bigs in the league. So um, he, he's a great, great at reacting at a lot of different things. Um, but I think, I think in the big 10, um, he obviously won't be as highly touted as Trace. So he's going to get a lot of more one-on-one looks um, where he can kind of go to work. And, and uh, I personally, I trust his ability. He's, he's strong as all get out. Um, so I'm excited to watch him play. How is he defensively um, in in the post? Uh, you know, we're used to seeing Trace Jackson Davis swat everything uh, above the rim. I don't know that Peyton has that uh, rim protection, but but how how does he uh, play defensively inside in the post? Yeah, first of all, I mean, the, like I mentioned, the biggest thing with him is how strong he is. Um, he's gonna if obviously if there's a you know Hunter Dickinson is backing him down, and he's and he's already got twenty on the board, then we'll probably throw a trap at him. Like Woodson will probably throw a trap, um, but it's never he's never gonna throw a trap with Woodson or with uh Peyton as the primary guard because he's not big enough. Uh he's gonna fight, he's gonna fight for position on both ends of the floor. Um he's really strong. He can push catches out, which is important um when you're guarding bigs. But like you mentioned, he's he's not um he's not the vertical athlete that Trace was and um that's nothing against him because Trace is an unbelievable vertical athlete. Um but Peyton still has good length. Um one thing that I think he can bring to the Big Ten that you don't see very often is is his ability to take charges. And you don't see that a lot with big men. Um, he's really good at getting in position and seeing a guy come downhill a little bit out of control or come off one leg. And that's a perfect time to take a charge. And it's, it's something that is very important in the Mac as well. I know for our team and it's not just us, we get charges against us. We take charges. Um, it's something really important when you, when you play some high level athletes. So I think that's something that he can bring to the table is that, um, he's not necessarily go up, going to go up there and, and swap balls into the third row, but he's going to take a charge and create a turnover for your team. So um, good defender, and like I mentioned earlier, he's got a pretty good motor, um, which which helps in any any conference in America. You know, one of the things that's always a question for a guy moving up a level is how his game, how his mentality will translate to a different role. You know, you mentioned before, I mean, he's played at least 70% of the minutes in both of his seasons at Ball State, and he's been in a featured role. You know, he's used 24.5% of possessions this season, 24.8% last season. So, I mean, their offense was being run through him. 
it seems, and again, it's still early in the transfer portal season, but it seems like he's being brought in as more of a depth piece, not necessarily a featured player. How do you think his game, how do you think his mentality, you know, you know, as much as you know about him, how do you think that translates to a higher level but a smaller role, potentially? Yeah, um, I don't think that phases him. Um, I think one thing that's important to, to understand when, um, not that I've done it, but when you move up a level is it's it's very rare for a player to move up a conference per se and have the same or better numbers. I think the perfect example from the Mac has been Mark Sears. Like that, that's an unbelievable season that he put together um, coming from a, I think he was around 18 to 20 point per game guy at Ohio the year before. Uh, all league guy and then to move to Alabama, which was a top five mm. team in the country and, and just an absolute powerhouse all season. And to still put up double, not even, I think he was at around 15, but just to have double digits in general and start some games like that. That's something that's very rare. So I, that's something that you don't expect. And I, I, I bet Mark Sears didn't expect that as well. Um, but I think Peyton will be ready to, to take in any role. Um, like I mentioned, I know a couple people around him and he seems like a good guy. And um, obviously grow, he's growing up in Indiana and growing up in Indiana, you either want to go to Purdue, you want to go to IU. I don't care what you say. And, and if you live up north, you probably want to go to Notre Dame. But a lot of people, they grow up and they want to be in that at that big stage. So um, now that he's got that opportunity, I, I expect him to, to be great at uh, taking in any role that he's given. Um, and like I mentioned earlier, just playing as hard as he does. Let me ask you this. I assume you watched the uh, the Indiana-Miami game. I sure did. Yeah, not, not, not a pretty one. Like, do you – I mean – is that a game that you can see Peyton Sparks helping in? I mean, it was obviously it was up and down, but I mean, Indiana is just getting killed on the glass. Like, is that a game where you see inserting a guy like him, he can be kind of a tone changer, tone setter? Because to me, like, as I look at him, that's the thing that I keep coming back to. Indiana fans keep talking about, we need shooting, we need all this. It's like, did you watch this rebound? I mean, there was <laughs> such a lack of just aggressiveness from a rebounding yeah. perspective that it thinks like it feels like he's the kind of guy that can really help reverse some of that in a, in an important way. Yeah. Um, that's a good question too. I can't remember his name and I, I'm mad at myself for being a bad fan, but the Miami big man, I mean, he was a monster. Yes. He walked on the floor and you're just like, Oh my God, he's a monster. Like he's huge. Um, so putting a guy like sparks on him, whether sparks starts, whether he comes off the bench, whether he plays 30 minutes or five minutes, whatever time he gives to put him on him. And, and that that's kind of an equalizer, you know, it's it, instead of him going crazy on the glass. Now you got somebody that can really bump with some big guys too. Um, I don't know. Ball state didn't play super fast. So I, I've never seen sparks play up and down fast um, just because that's just not what their team did. Um, but like I mentioned, he's got a good motor, so I wouldn't put anything past him because he's such a, such a worker, but that's definitely a game where he can help control pace as well. I, when I watched that game, I felt like this game is play, being played strictly to Miami's pace. And when Miami wanted to slow it down and run a set, we slowed it down and run a set. And then when they wanted to run, we try to run back at them. And, um, it's never, you don't win a lot of games playing at the other team's pace. So, um, I think sparks as far as the paint presence can help control some of that pace and grab a rebound and kind of slow things down and, uh, like I mentioned, just be an equalizer to any big, really big and strong guy that comes into the paint. Yeah, I think I think a smart way for Indiana fans to look at this, because I think there can be some disappointment if you're looking at this as, oh, we're replacing Trace with Peyton Sparks. No, right, yeah. you're replacing Logan Duncombe with Peyton Sparks. Yeah, yeah, uh, yeah. You know, and Logan Duncombe, obviously a guy that look, we all liked, um, you know, and thought he had a lot of potential, but was just never able to get on the court. Peyton Sparks, I don't think, has missed a game due to injury, has he? I know he played uh, 29 not, not games this year. He played 30 last year. I mean, he's been really durable. 
And yeah, so again, and I'm seeing, I'm seeing you know, play 31 started both seasons. Yeah. And, and I think those are all really important things to factor in here is, you know, yeah, that's great. You know, if you get a guy who's like the perfect shooter and rim protector and does all these things that we're looking for, but if you can't get on the court, who cares? You know, this right. guy is actually going to be on the court, you know, while filling in some of these needs Indiana has. Um, and I think that's obviously going to be important. You know, I'm curious from your perspective, you know, you go through the slog of a conference season, especially, you know, we know what it's like in the big 10, you know, the Mac is, you know, similar, it's a little bit lower level player, but I mean, that just that slog is, is going to be very similar scouted each other. You know, when you're in, you know, the dog days of January and February, it's like, man, just trying to get to the end. Like how important is it to have a guy like him who it sounds like from all reports is just a constant energy guy, you know, and having that kind of attitude, um, you know, to just be able to come in and give you sparks, you know, in games, even if he's not the guy that you focus on as like, Hey, this changes our ceiling for an NCAA tournament. It seems like he's a floor raiser in conference play that can be really valuable. Yeah. And, um, I think his energy is a testament to Michael Lewis as well. Coach Lewis has done an unbelievable job. And, um, I know just a couple of people around the program and, um, they say he's tough. They say he's going to get on you, but he's, but at, from a opposing player standpoint, that guy has energy and he wants to win every possession. So he's, he's a competitor. And I think that was instilled in, in sparks. Um, he had, he had good energy his first year, but I think you could see a, a difference a second year, not just from him, but from the team as well. Um, but yeah, he's going to come in. He's going to play hard. And especially, you know, if the season were to start tomorrow, he probably has a role player role, um, and not necessarily a starter role with a lot of touches. And, um, like you mentioned, if you're late into January and team, we get whatever Indiana version team that we get for, for that day in January or February. Um, I think he's a guy that, that can break that mold and will come in and play his tail off. And whether they let him go five minutes and he picks up two fouls or, he goes 15 minutes straight and is rebounding and playing good defense. You know, I think he's going to bring the energy. He's going to bring the heat, um, put the pressure on the other team, um, whether it's their backup big or their, or their starter big, because he doesn't care. He's looking to compete. He doesn't care what the name on the front or the back of the Jersey is. So um, he's definitely someone that can help the energy side um, and, and probably the consistency side um, of Indiana as well. I like that. He sounds to me like a guy, some fans may be questioning now, similar to how they were when X transferred. And then it took about a month or two of fans realizing, holy crap, this guy competes his ass off every yeah. second he's on the court for fans to really start giving him the benefit of the doubt. And I think Peyton Sparks profiles to be that guy, even though there's probably going to be some matchups where he struggles and it's like, whoa, this is a big step up from the Mac to the Big Ten. It just seems like he's going to play so hard and be so tough that he's going to win people over pretty quickly. Um, yeah. Just, you know, based on kind of what I've heard about him. And being me, an Indiana kid, you know, who yes. just love having Indiana people and are tired of Matt Painter out recruiting us. So having another <laughs> Indiana guy on roster yeah. is awesome. Hey, man, let me ask you this. And I don't, you know, I don't know how much you know about this stuff, kind of the NIL landscape, you know, but I'm kind of curious. Do you have any sense, you know, for a guy like Peyton Sparks going from, you know, being a star at the Mac to being more of a role player at a, at a Big Ten school. Is that done with the thought that, hey, there's going to be more NIL opportunities at Indiana than there would be for me, you know, at the Mac level? Do you know how that kind of shakes out generally? Um, I think if you just go case by case, it's it's an obvious yes that you're going to get more opportunity um, for NIL. Um, I, I, I'm not aware of how many NIL deals Mac players have, but um, it seems to not be a high, not nearly as much as, a big 10 player, you know, you could be a big 10 six man and 
and pull in quite a bit of cash from NIL. And it, it just doesn't happen at the Mac level because we don't get the viewership. We don't, the fan bases aren't as large. Um, so, you know, we're already at a disadvantage in that sense, but, um, and it's also case by case with transfers as well. Um, I, I wouldn't be surprised if he transferred just out of the love of Indiana. And, and if he's an Indiana fan, I, I'm not sure, but you know, having a bigger opportunity and staying home, um, that could have been his reason. You know, if, if he was looking for NIL money, it, there's, there's going to be NIL money to have as well. And, and that's something that you don't really know until you're kind of in that inner circle, but the opportunity is absolutely going to be there. Um, I just, I see Indiana from a very outsider's perspective when it comes to NIL and those guys are making some good deals. You know, Leo is a great guy, um, great team guy, and, and but doesn't play a lot of minutes and, and he's got a deal. Um, he's always talking about real estate on his Twitter and on his Instagram. So, um, mm-hmm. If you see a guy with not getting very many minutes is, is getting deals, then there seems to be deals for everybody there um, and opportunities for everybody there. Unlike the Mac where you you know, you have to kind of go and get yours. You have to go and find it. Um, I think it'll definitely be there for him. But um, like I said, that I wouldn't be surprised if he's the type of guy that's not worried about the money and just worried about playing ball. Um, he seems like a, seems like that type of guy from the outside looking in, but um, you never know until you're in the inner circle. As you've seen a lot of these names pop up in the transfer portal is there anybody that you've kind of really had your eye on either because they're in the Mac or you guys played them or someone that you're like, Ooh, you know, I wish Indiana would go after that guy. Or maybe I hope that guy doesn't end up at a, at a rival big 10 school. Cause he's really good and people are sleeping on him. Yeah. It's, it's a great question until you go on a uh, verbal commits Twitter and they say there's a thousand names in the portal. I mean, it's unbelievable <laughs> it's how many people are in the portal. Um, the only one that really stuck out is a guy from um, Oregon, Jell-El. Um, they say he's, a, he's, he's on the Mac. He was on the, uh, mock draft boards coming into this season and only average, I think six or seven a game. So just didn't work out at Oregon. So a guy of that talent um, would be, is always a good addition. It's always nice to have talented guys, but um, character is a big thing too. You know, if he's a talented guy and his character is not great, then he's, he's not going to work out in Indiana. Um, so I wish I had an answer for you, but since there's a thousand names in the portal and I, I just tend to look for the Mac guys <laughs> and see what's going on in the Mac. And um, I guess my only answer would be any, anybody that's big, you know, losing a, such a presence with Trace, um, and then you're gonna, and probably a guard too. You're gonna lose um, Jalen Hutchinson. I'm I'm surprised he hasn't declared to the to draft yet because he had such a great year. And he's, I think I was looking at mock draft boards yesterday, and he's definitely top 15 and might be in in between that 10, 15 to 10 range. So yeah. he's gonna pull a lot of money and a lot more money than he would if he were to stay to get nil deals, um, in my opinion. And he's got that Adidas sponsorship already as well. So. Um, I'd be surprised if he stayed. Um, so looking for a guard that can kind of score it and then obviously anything to, to help replace a little bit of trace because you're never going to get um, all of him. He's, he's a once in a generation player. Um, so yeah, just looking for a big guy, looking for talented guys that, that are coming in and ready to work hard. Boy, that's, it, you know, it's interesting hearing it from that perspective because that's something that's so easy, coach, to overlook when you talk about transfer guys and you look at their numbers and how is this going to project? And it's like, all right, but bottom line, is this guy ready to come in and accept a role? Is this guy ready to come in and work? And that's why I think you got to take a full 360 degree view with this stuff. You know, I know no one entered the offseason saying we want a guy who profiles like Peyton Sparks in terms of the skills that he brings to the table. But man, just peel back like one or two layers of the onion and you can see how this guy really fits on what this team needs. You got to fill in around him. But, you know, roster management is about finding pieces, you know, and you're not going to find there's not one magic guy out there who fills all of them. You know, but I think from everything that I've learned so far, I'm trying to take a skeptical eye with this. There's still a lot to like with what with what this guy brings to the table. And I think you hit the nail on the head there with some of the intangible stuff, which really matters given how much intangibles or how many intangibles are walking out the door with the guys leaving. 
Well, when you're replacing six or seven guys on a roster, the culture piece, the word culture is kind of overused in the coaching profession and everything, but it is real. Like how your team fits together uh, matters. So you have an opportunity to fill one of those six spots, seven spots with a young man who has the intangibles that Evan has shared, the passion. The word, I loved it when he started. The first thing he said was passion. Sign me up. Um, you know, uh, because you're an, either an energy giver or an energy taker. And I know, you know, Coach Gross has probably talked about that with you guys too. Uh, every coach does. There are players that that give the program energy, and there are pro- players that that take away. And your stat profile doesn't mention anything about those things, but they're so key. Uh, and, and so, when you're filling in a major amount of players, the intangibles uh, that Evans mentioned and that we've talked about, I think, really matter in this commitment. And again, as fans take a bigger macro look at the the roster next year instead of who committed first and the the absolute needs of the program there's no doubt we need dudes and we need uh shooters and six seven athletes to match up to the the miller kid at, at miami if we're going to advance in the tournament uh i think coach woodson knows that and he's going after those those guys with the thousand kids in the portal heck there's not guys i don't even know uh, that may end up at, at, at Indiana right now because of that. So this is the type of uh, of thing that Indiana basketball has been in the past, people who love to wear those candy stripes. And it sounds like we have a young man who will do everything uh, to honor those candy stripes and fills a need uh, for two or three players in the post. And how many times do we come on post-game shows and talk about toughness? You know, And he sounds like a guy who's really going to help Indiana upgrade there. So, which is good. Any, anything else, Evan, just, I guess the, you know, the only other question, this is probably something that you can't answer, you know, for a guy who draws that many fouls, you want him to make more free throws. The dip from his freshman to his sophomore season is kind of crazy going from 70.6% to 51.7%. Like you don't see that very often. And it was on almost the exact same number of attempts. Like, is there anything you saw in his shot where it's like, whoa, like what did he change? Or, you know, what, what, what was your assessment there? If at all, no, it, it, and, um, it looked just the same as, as last seasons as well. I mean, that if you, I think if you put a video by video, it looks the same, but, um, being a shooter myself, there's a lot of tweaks that you can make that can't be seen from the, from the human eye. If they're not looking at the right thing, um, that can, that can, that you do to help that might end up hurting. Um, so I'm not sure, uh, what he, you know, if he was, tweaking stuff over the off season or, or, or whatnot. But I will say it's, it's, it's mental. Um, the free throw line is so mental. Um, it doesn't matter if it's a, there's 16 minutes left on the clock or there's four seconds left in the game. You saw San Diego state's guy hit, hit one and miss one. I mean, it's mental. He's, he went on after the game and said, I've worked my tail off and I'm sure he's shot millions of free throws over his career. But then, you know, when you're, it's different when you're in a game, you're a little winded and, um, pressure's on a little bit. Um, so I, I think it's mental and, um, he always stepped up confident as all get out. Obviously, we saw I saw two games this season where he killed us from the free throw line um, and didn't shoot the percentages that that um, that ESPN is telling us he's going to shoot. But um, it's it's all mental and having confidence. Um, I'm sure when he gets, I'm sure he's he works on it a ton. Um, like I mentioned, my my guy over there, the manager AJ Hudson, he he rebounds for him quite a bit, and they're in the gym quite a bit. Um, so I know he's working. I know he's working his tail off on all parts of his game, and. Um, you know, it doesn't take a dummy to know that that's that's a weakness. Uh, but I think that's something that will get addressed. Um, you know, it's it's just about mental and and, and having those reps and um, being ready to knock them down when you get the chance. 
Absolutely. Well, Evan, we appreciate your insight, man. It's always great to have someone who's you know kind of been there on the court with these teams or players and able to really give us the up close perspective. Because, um, like I said, you know, there's only there's only so much that you can really glean from stats, from watching film, and these recruitments. You know, do you worry at all? I mean, and I know you didn't necessarily go through like the traditional recruiting process yourself, but you know, you look at some of these recruitments with transfer portal guys. And they're so quick and so fast. It feels like everything is abbreviated. And you're trying to assess not just is this guy a fit with the way that he plays, but is he a fit with the people on our roster? And I don't know if yeah. you guys have had, you know, examples with transfers that, you know, in or out of your program. Um, but that just, boy, that seems like something that's really fraught with risk um, and potential chemistry issues when you just don't have a ton of time to really kind of figure out how these guys are going to fit. Yeah, it it scares me if I not that I would ever do it, but it, to put myself in those guys' shoes, like how fast, like you mentioned, how fast it happens. They can be in the portal this week and they're committed next week. It's like, do you know the names of half the guys on the team? Can you name me the whole coaching staff? <laughs> like, they haven't seen campus. I can guarantee you that. Um, so it's it's that stuff is it scares me just as a player, like not necessarily going in blind, but kind of going in blind. Um, but like you mentioned, it's it's and like Coach mentioned, it's it's the it's the character piece that. Um, you can bring a guy in and they can tell you all the right things. And then he comes in and, and now he's taking 15 shots in a five on five scrimmage in four minutes in practice. Like, oh, my God, what do we get ourselves into? Or comes in and he tells you he just wants to win and he, and he buys into our role. Um, I think one guy that I will give props to on our team, Trendon Hankerson, he just graduated. He played his last um, last season of college basketball. He's out of eligibility. But he came in on his visit. Um, it was actually Easter weekend of last year, and I was home, but the guys came in, and we were a little skeptical skeptical with an in, in-conference transfer. Um, they had told us that they were bringing – the coaches had told us that they're bringing him on a visit, and we were kind of like, ah, do we need an in-conference guy? Because, you know, there's there's a lot of pride and passion of every conference. Um, mm-hmm. Pride and, and being top dog and, and beating teams on the road and, and, and at home. So um, we were a little skeptical, and he came in, and he was just a great guy. Um, he told us, you know, I've, I've had a rough go at NIU because they weren't winning a whole lot, and I just want to win. And um, I can bring things to the table to help this team. And he told the staff that as well and um, committed, and, and he he stuck to every word, man. I mean, he was just looking to win every game, whether that was for him to take 10 threes that night or for him to take two and guard the other team's best player. Um, he really bought in, and um, props to him because it's easy to, to be committed and be the senior and get that starting role and then just do whatever, you know, whatever you want to do for your last season. But he was he was committed to winning. Um, and I think there, that's the good and bad about the portal. You know, you get a guy that's telling you all the right things, comes in and, and just doesn't do that. Um, or you get a guy that, that's coming in and just ready to buy in. And I think that's huge for Peyton Sparks. I, I'm, I have no doubt that he's going to buy into whatever um, role he's given. Being, being a Matt guy coming up to the Big Ten, it's kind of your own, only option, you know. You're not going to walk out there and be the most talented guy if you were at the Mac to start at, on a Big Ten floor. So um, I, I'm sure his buy-in is going to be great, and that's the that's the beauty of the portal in my opinion. But there's there's lots of pros and cons. Yeah, no, that's that's really valuable um, insight, and it's so true, you know. And and so hopefully, as you said, hopefully he comes in, uh, you know, buys into his role. And I think if he does, he's got a really valuable role um, to play on a team that will be looking to keep the momentum going next season. I mean, look, yeah. we all hope that Indiana can take a step forward and compete for a Big Ten title and make it into the second weekend of the NCAA tournament. That would be progress from this season, but at a minimum, Indiana's got to keep the momentum kind of where it's at and not take, you know, maybe you take a half step back, but you can't go much more than that. Um, And I think Peyton Sparks, to me, profiles as a guy who raises the floor and helps you do that. Um, And then we'll see what guys they fill in around him. Absolutely. I'm excited to see him play. Yeah, me too. 
Me too. Well, Evan, thank you so much, man, for being willing to jump on here last Thanks, second. Evan. Uh, people always get excited when you come on, so we got to find some other uh, some other opportunities for you to come on. You always give really good insight and uh, and analysis, man. So we appreciate it. I'm always willing. You know, you know how to find me. Absolutely, absolutely. Thank you, Evan. Yeah, Evan Wilson you. from Akron helping us uh, talk about Peyton Sparks, the newest Indiana Hoosier. Uh, and let's see. So Indiana has now. You've got. Uh, you know, just in terms of the numbers, if, uh, if coach, if we assume that Jalen Hutchifino is gone, even though that announcement hasn't been made yet, um, you know, you've got Xavier Johnson, you've got Trey Galloway, Anthony Leal, Jordan Geronimo, and Peyton Sparks, CJ Gunn, Caleb Banks, Malik Renew, uh, and then also Ja'Kai Newton and Gabe Cups, which I think puts us at 10. Um, you know, so if you have maybe one more guy transfer out and we still have to wait and kind of see where all that goes, then you might have four scholarships. Uh, to play around with. So it's going to be really interesting now to see what Indiana does uh, with the other ones. Um, but what did you, what did you take away from the conversation with Evan? I think, I, mean, I think, I think there's a lot, I think there's a lot to like about this one. I really do. If he's able to be slotted into the role that we think he should be slotted into. Um, I think he can play a really important role for this team. Well, for, first of all, what a great guest. Uh, Evan's just, uh, you know, he, he, to come on and, and, and it speaks volumes to, to some of these, uh, athletes that we see just wearing uniforms on game night. Uh, but, but what they bring to, to their communities, what they bring, you know, elsewhere, but just, just great to, to hear him again. Um, it, it is interesting with the major rebuild, if you will, just in sheer numbers, uh, that Indiana is going to have to go through. I, I just think this was a really, the more I dig into it, the more this was needed, maybe more from a team standpoint than an overall X's and O's, and the guy can bring something with the X's and O's. You know, Coach Woodson and staff, we, we talked about, uh, you, you have to trust them to some level. And, and in a world where we are having emergency podcasts for every <laughs> every commit, right, we add to it a little bit, uh, everyone's going to jump to a conclusion about this portal recruiting class from Coach Woodson. This is a good piece to the puzzle for next year. Uh, it seems it has to play out. Uh, it, it has to happen the way we, we, we want it to happen. Um but you need to be patient. And so what I take away, again, I will go back to the first thing that Evan said, passion. Give me that all the time. Because we've had some guys that have been really, really good. Uh, and I'm not going to mention names here too, but sometimes we've questioned their, their passion. Uh, and playing for Indiana is special. And if you have a guy who's who, who has the st stats that Sparks has and has the passion for wearing the candy stripes, that's my major takeaway from uh, what Evan brought to, today is that piece is going to help when you mix in six or seven guys and plus the recruits, plus the guys that are left over. Uh, the, the thing that I think coach Woodson does well is that general manager role that behind the scenes at talking to the players, uh, I think he does that. Well, this is a piece that's going to help him mesh all of the different types of, uh, players, personalities, uh, in it seems like uh this could be a, a key piece to doing that yeah and again these are little things that you don't often talk about with scouting reports but i know matter to people like you as coaches and just matter in the day-by-day -day of basketball but what kind of practice player is he like you know because you need guys who bring fire to practice and bring competitiveness to practice too and i think this is a guy who can help you do that so 
again, I, I think it's important to assess this one. And no assessments are complete. We got to see how guys come out. I distinctly remember talking about how well Evan Fitzner fit, you know, and that right. just didn't that just didn't play out. Um, but I think to me, you know, if you're going to take a, and I don't I don't think this is a flyer because I think you've seen this guy play for two years. You know what he does, and so you know what you're going to need to do when he's on the court. You know, I think to get the most out of him as a player. But I think if you're going to take a chance on a guy who maybe doesn't have quite the height that you want and he doesn't shoot how you want, well, okay, does he bring toughness? Is he going to play hard all the time? Does he bring the passion? Does he bring the energy? Because if all you get from the guy is that, that can be really valuable for his role on the team. Um, and now, you know, the other production and stuff that you get uh, is going to be a bonus. And I, I think it would be silly to think that the Indiana staff thinks that their front court is complete. Um, I don't think right. there's any way that that's the case. Um, again, think of Peyton Sparks as more of a fill-in for Logan Duncan than a replacement for Trace Jackson Davis. And you're not going to find a replacement for, for Trace Jackson Davis. But I do think the staff, to try to get the most out of Xavier Johnson, you want to find a rim protector and a lob threat. And I think a guy like Caden Shedrick from Virginia is like that. There may be others that come in. I would be... I would just be flabbergasted if they're not going to still try and go after those guys just as hard um, and try and bring that in. And then you've got kind of a three-headed monster down low um, where you've got kind of this developing high-ceiling guy in Malik Renu, uh, who maybe he can add a shot, maybe not, you know, and play the four, we'll see. But then a proven rim protector and a proven rebounder kind of post-score like Sparks, who in certain matchups is probably going to take advantage and can be the kind of guy that can maybe go get you six to eight straight points, you know, on a night when you're struggling offensively because he comes in with energy on, you know, January 29th at Iowa. Um, and you got to have guys that help you win those games. So don't, don't underestimate where he came from, too. Um, mm -hmm. As you heard Evan talk about the energy and the toughness that uh, Michael Lewis is coaching the Ball State Cardinals, uh, that's kind of a, an Indiana guy coaching in, a, in what seems like an Indiana way, which is what Mike Woodson, that tough love. So there's got to be, I would think, a level of initial trust that this guy's going to show up and work. Uh, he, he's constantly in the gym, according to the manager. Um these are things that Coach Woodson honors and, and wants for Indiana basketball. Uh, so don't underestimate the fact that, yeah, you know, we're, we're the stats or the profile or whatever, that this guy comes very coachable, it seems like, uh, from a guy who, who elevated the Ball State program uh, and is also an Indiana guy. And I would imagine came highly recommended from uh, a coach that – while he's he's hoping Ball State wins a lot, wants to see his alma mater do well as well. So I think that that gives me some comfort in in, in bringing in 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 Peyton Sparks, and and I think that you 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 mention it well. It's a replacement for Logan Duncan. Where Duncan, what minutes, what run would he get next year based in his third year in a system? And Sparks probably comes in at a little higher level because of the work that he's done uh, on the court in a decent conference. He comes in ability to do more. Uh, so it's an improvement to where if we had kept uh, or Logan had, had decided to stay, we had to develop him for that role. Uh, I, I think that's uh, a good thing. I also think that we're going to get two more fours and fives. I think we're going to get a stretch four of some nation or a, a guy that can drive or shoot the three who can play the four. Uh, and I think you're going to get another uh, another uh, uh, five. And then you got those four. That gives you the, that four-man rotation in the fours and fives. 
uh, whether it be battle, who can shoot the three and four, uh, you know, and again, you mentioned, is Renew going to play some four? Uh, you also can go small and, and put Banks down there, but I think Banks is more more likely to play uh, the three uh, next year at 6-7 and start getting some length uh, and ability out there on the floor. But I, I think you're going to see at least one more, four or five, uh, at, at least I'm guessing two, uh, with, with one of them being a perimeter four or a guy who can – uh, come off the bounce. You get, you're looking at Ledlam and Battle right now as it would fit that four spot. The the kid from Virginia you mentioned would be uh, at the five, and then go get a couple of of shooters uh, to to play around X. Uh, obviously, hoping he comes back and and, and Galloway and Gun and Banks. Uh, I think then you're looking at uh, a chance to get back into the tournament and and have a good successful season. But patience, everyone. Please have patience with Coach Woodson. As these players come available, you're going to take what you want to fit your pieces. Uh, it's not going to fall. Best comes first, and then you fill in the second, then you fill in the fifth spot with what's ever left over. You're going to take the pieces as they come. With 1,000 uh, players, you, we, we have to be patient and trust that Coach Woodson has a chance to design his roster the way he wants to for the first time, really. He, he's behind the eight ball when he came in, having to take some guys from the Archie Miller uh, and, and keep them, and then then four of them washed out, and he brought in uh, some re- recruits in, in Renew and Hood Shafino. Now he really gets to mold the way he wants to, and I think that's something we all need to just wait and see uh, what direction Coach Woodson wants to go in. Yeah, that's all really well said. Uh, Jim, I saw in the chat, said, any word on X, Jared talks like he's back. I think everybody would be surprised at this point if X isn't back. You know, we are certainly approaching our offseason talk, assuming that will be the case. If that is not the case, then we will have another emergency podcast with probably a very decidedly different tone, because I think that would kind of change some of the strategy that the uh, staff is operating with. But I think that continues to be uh, the assumption that Indiana will have Xavier Johnson back. Coach, let me ask you this. If in a couple of years, you know, it's so easy you know, you, you come on here and again, I think as you're assessing the transfer guys that Indiana gets, you know, two things to keep in mind. One is, and you mentioned this, you know, the staff isn't necessarily in the order. I'm sure in a perfect world, they would probably love to see who are all the guys available. Let's stack them up in terms of how likely they are to come here. And then let's see, maybe we could do get a guy who's even more proven than Sparks. But you know what? He's ready right now to commit to you. So what do you do? Well, I think you take the commitment because for all the reasons we've said, I think he can fill a valuable role. Um, and so it's important to, you know, to kind of remember that, that these things don't all play out in a linear way how you would want them to. Um, and, you know, I think the other thing, um, the, the other thing that I kind of wanted to address, Coach, is, you know, if you if we look at this a couple years down the road and it's like, boy, that Sparks transfer really didn't work because, you know, we've had some of these that maybe haven't gone quite as well as we would have thought or hoped. What do you think the reasons for that would be as you look at it right now? Like what are kind of as you think about this and are skeptical about it, you know, where, where what are those questions in your mind? I, I think it doesn't work in the scenario that you put out first is if, if the staff brings him in to be more than that 12 to 15 minute guy, if they're, if, if he is going to have to play a role, let's say things don't work out with all the others, uh, and all of a sudden he's, he's the best option. Um, and then he plays at, you know, at a level that again, I, 
it's hard to say going in until you see him play because some transfers play better and some transfers don't, right? But if he plays at a MAC level or below in the Big Ten as a, a person that we are relying on to replace TJD and race, then that doesn't work out. It, it, it's it's not what we want, and, and it, it would be uh, his inability to score at a fifteen to twenty point level. Like you need a a starting, you need your four or five to be in that you know double digit score. If he can't score double digits, um, you know against the the bigger talent, I think that's that's one reason. Uh, obviously, if his passion is there, uh, his rebounding and fouling will always be there. But um, you know. If you're bringing a guy in for a role and he plays that, that's going to be successful. If you bring a guy in and he has to be something more than he's capable of, then that's when I think it it it, it may not work out. But I don't know physically what that looks like. I'm guessing it's a points production. Maybe it's a, a ability to guard a, a post player that that he's not able to guard the Dickinsons and those as as he comes up to the big um, Big Ten. Uh, the basketball reasons why it doesn't work out. But I think more it's a structure reason. If it doesn't work out, then he's being asked to do something that he's not capable of doing in the Big Ten uh, because of the roster construction. And 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 we've we've just we've seen that uh, at, at times uh, w- with players. Um, but um, give me a guy who rebounds. Give me a guy who's physical. Give me a guy who's passionate. And you're going to find some way to to play him if you're you're bringing a guy in to shoot forty two percent and he shoots it at a smaller league and then he comes in at thirty one percent well it didn't it didn't work out you can guess that um, but what we just heard from Evan and what you have heard and what we've shared in text that uh, you know at worst this guy's going to bring that energy and bring that culture and it might not be stats that he ends up helping the Indiana program uh, but it could be other things down down the road so I, I don't I don't know. If I really answered your question there, um, no, you did. You did. I mean, I, you know, and I think obviously with any transfer, the reason it may not work is if there's a disconnect on what the expectation is for a role. Right. I'd be shocked if that's the case here, just based right. on everything that you hear about him. Um, you know, but it's like think about how Terry Morin built the Indiana women's basketball program. You know, it wasn't you know, got hired and then boom, like two or three seasons later, they're going to the Final Fours. It's kind of a step by step process. And you have to have, you know, some transfers and some people that you bring in. Maybe they don't do all the things that you want to do, but they help you build certain parts of your culture, right? Like I think about Allie Patberg, um, and obviously she was, you know, hugely productive, you know, for this program, but had some deficiencies, right? Where she didn't really shoot that well, and you know, maybe wasn't the athlete that you needed at guard. But my goodness, how much toughness and leadership did she bring, you know, to the program? Um, and I think you look at a guy like Sparks, who's now, you know, he's gone through his first couple of seasons. And I think when you see older transfers, kind of like Evan described, a lot of times it's a guy who has had the chance to be the guy, has maybe put up numbers on a team that doesn't wins, that doesn't win, and now just wants to win. You know, and so now if he for the next couple of years can help Mike Woodson kind of bridge the gap and help him build the culture that he wants in terms of toughness, because you could tell at times this year, you know, Mike Woodson either watching the game or talking about it after the game, he wasn't happy with the toughness of this team whether it was on the glass or just, you know, you know, the competition level that was brought every game. And Sparks is a guy, again, who I think can help you do that. Um, and I think those can be important recruits, assuming everything else goes well and they're able to fit into the role that they're in uh, to help you in kind of this rebuilding process. 
Um, well, so you, you mentioned uh, in, in earlier shows too, like uh, the Illinois situation didn't work out because I don't know that they were cohesive. They still had a good year. They were ninth seeded. They had to totally rebuild, but they, they had some troubles at guards. You know, they had some of their guards leave their program and they had, now they have another one of their guards that they put in that got a lot of run late. He left. Um, so it seems like, uh, you know, uh, th- that they didn't gel as much as they could and they still uh, had a decent Big Ten season. Um, and you look at a, at a guy like, um, the Jenkins guy who played in his sixth year or something and went to Purdue and was a 18 point per game guy at a lower level school and then came in and was coming off the bench and, and he provided good chemistry and good leadership. So there are, there are examples here locally of, of a, a, a transfer that came in and didn't get the stats, but probably helped a program. And then you had some guys that came in and got stats. Uh, but the cohesiveness didn't work out. I think that's that flip of the coin. Um, you know, Evan was talking about that with, with the with the transfer portal. I think it's so hard in the speed dating of the transfer portal to know exactly what you're getting. And so, give me this guy um, that that is an Indiana Indiana guy and has some stats and has some nasty to him um, in in that conference because I, I just think that it is. You know, you don't have to have him replace the twenty points, twenty five points per game. You 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 need him to do some specific things, and, and so on the face of it, and maybe it's just my you know crimson colored glasses. I I think this is what's needed when you're going to have to bring in six or seven new new players. You're going to need some culture pieces, some together pieces. It's not just about you know the physical stats and abilities. Uh, and I, I think the more I look at this, the more this is a, a, a good a good thing for Indiana basketball. Yep. Look, if you're looking for this commitment to help you feel better about Indiana's ability to guard on the perimeter, not going to help. You're looking for this to, you know, is Indiana going to be able to go, someone go get a bucket at the end of the shot clock when you really need it? This doesn't address that, right? There's a lot of issues that this one doesn't address. Um, but I know the initial reaction from some folks because it's a low post guy that doesn't shoot, you know, and it's like, oh man, we're getting another one of these guys. You know, I would, I would just urge you to think beyond that. And there's a lot of things that this guy brings that I think Indiana fans are really going to like. They're not always easy to articulate or talk about in the numbers or the scouting reports, but I think you'll like it when you see it out there on the court. Um, and for fans who maybe grew frustrated about you know periods of play over the last few years with players who, look, clearly played hard, but didn't maybe always have the passion, or even to go back to a word I used earlier, the nastiness that sometimes you would like that you saw maybe from a guy like Xavier Johnson that was conspicuously missing at times like this, like, you know, at times this year, Sparks is a guy who can do that. Um, And so again, you know, look, if there's a guy that, that we don't like, and we don't think is a good fit, we will certainly say it. And I think there's a chance this could be that if Indiana doesn't get the other guys they need. And so we have to wait for the full offseason to come in to really fully put this in context. Um, but I do think there are a lot of reasons to be patient on this one and to think that this guy is going to bring some things that maybe you don't think you you want right now. But man, once you get into the season, it's the kind of stuff we end up complaining about a lot. And he's the guy that can help you combat some of that.
And I think that's important. And that's why ultimately I'm on board with this one and really actually kind of excited about it. A a couple of things too is uh, depending on what direction Coach Woodson goes with the offense, if it is a more perimeter-oriented offense, you're not going to see as many double teams. And so you're not going to run the offense through the low post. You're going to run some offense through the low post. And if they don't double and you have guys who can show that they can score in certain situations one-on-one, Evan brought that up as well. Uh, you need two or three. We know Renew can do that. We know Sparks can come in and probably do that. Um, you know, it's going to be interesting to see the reworking of the offense without uh, just an absolute, you know, great low post player where you you went to uh, that all, all all the time. Now you might just go to it some of the time, and you your efficiency numbers in the post are going to be interesting to see. I think Sparks fills that coming off the bench just like a Renew does, uh, and maybe the kid. Um, you know, Shedrick, that from from that you're not looking for someone to run the offense through. If if you are, I don't know that you're finding maybe that kid from Oregon, that five star guy that only played, you know, got six points a game. Maybe you think that he could be that replacement for TJD. If if Coach Woodson wants to stay with that, then yeah, you're going to need a a really good low post score. But I just have a feeling that he's going to go a, a little different direction. Maybe that's wishful thinking. The other other thought is, is on these transfers to to just share with with people. Um, my thoughts. Uh, it's a new world. Um, in, in my old world, when people left uh, a program, it was a it was a black mark on the program, and people are running from this coach. And what is this coach doing to chase people away? The portal now makes it so different. I, I don't think you can judge a coach by who leaves uh, negatively. Uh, I guess there could be some individual criticism uh, if it, if it happens too much, but I think you almost have to assume that every program is going to have two or three uh, players that leave. Heck, there's a thousand players in, in the program. There are misfits in almost every basketball program, meaning the player wants to play more or the coach wants to go a different direction. And they have that honest, uh, tough, uh, critical conversation about, Hey, you're not going to play for me. And then the kid moves. Uh, there's probably a lot more positive, uh, about these transfers than there are negatives. So it, you know, don't look at sparks leaving ball state is like he couldn't handle, you know, coach Lewis. Uh, and so he's looking to leave uh, ball state with, with NIL and, and with all of the, the, the non sitting out rule. It is, it is not, an, uh, in my opinion, an indication of poor coaching or whatever. Um, as a whole, automatically, uh, anymore. And so like with Tamar leaving, I don't think that's negative, a negative on coach Woodson. Uh, And if uh, other, you know, Duncan leaving, it just was the fit wasn't right. And the other thing is that, um, you know, we put so much pressure on these coaches to win and win now that I think they have the right to use the portal to their advantage, as well as the players are using it to their advantage that if you don't see a fit, then you have that honest conversation with the young man saying, Hey, we brought you in. It didn't work out. We like you. We'll help you get to the next, but we need to go a different direction. Um, in the past, that would have been frowned upon in my age, boy, that, you know, you bring them in for four years, you got to promise them four years, the athletic, uh, you know, student bill of rights and all of that kind of stuff. It's just over uh, college basketball is different. It's hard for old guys like me to accept that. But it is. It's about roster construction. It's more of a minor league mindset uh, of each year you could have a different roster, and sometimes it's going to work out and sometimes it's not. And those coaches and staffs who are ahead of the game um, will, will end up doing better. Just look at Kansas State. Um you know, that that's the positive side of, of the portal, right? You bring in guys and you have the right mix and you have the right coach and, and man, you have a great, a great run. Um, so, you know, 
be careful about, you know, oh, that, you know, they're leaving, uh, St. John's, uh, Posh Alexander left today. Oh, and he's running people out. Well, that's what they're brought in to do is to, you know, that I don't know if it's running people out. It's just being honest with these young men. If you come in and don't produce, you got to produce now. You're getting NIL money. You're you're getting this. You have to produce. And that coach is on the firing squad, you know, with the fan base and social media and everything. That coach has a right to change his roster and use that portal. So the portal's different. Uh, be careful on on the quick in and out judgments when people leave or, or, or come in. Look at it more macro. I think that that'll do better for your stability and and the fan base as a whole. Uh, let's talk in August when this thing settles down about how well uh, Coach Woodson attacked the portal and did, was he successful in getting the, the roster that he he wants. I think then we can be critical if we want or supportive if, if we want. Uh, not every time we do an emergency pod, we should just focus on what this means, what it could bring to Indiana, what the young man it, it, it has to offer, and, and then, then move on. Um, but we need that macro look more than a micro look. Yeah, Jay has a good comment about this, surprisingly, uh, in the chat. He said, if IU doesn't get the other guys they need, that doesn't mean taking Sparks was the wrong decision. I agree. Right. You have to have the full context of the offseason to kind of judge, okay, how'd they do overall putting the roster together? How is this going to fit? You know, Do we think now Sparks has a role that kind of maximizes him at the Big Ten level? You're going to need to see it all for those reasons. But as I said, this isn't linear. And so you've got a chance right now to take a commit from, a commitment from Sparks do you do it or not? I am fully on board with the staff doing it because I think it's a floor-raising commitment that addresses some real problems. Even though they aren't the headliner problems of shooting and shot creation and some of that stuff, they're real fundamental problems this program has been dealing with in terms of rebounding and toughness and just some of those things. He addresses that, and so I'm fully on board uh, with it, and so I agree with Jay. I think it's the right decision today. You may, you know, you may disagree. Maybe your process for how the staff should do this is different, um, you know, and you can present your evidence for that. Uh, but given the information that everybody has right now, I think it was smart to do this because you still have plenty of other spots to address some of those bigger needs. And this gets to Jeffrey's comment. He says, I don't understand Jared's perspective. Don't we need a different type of player to go further in the tournament? Doing it only the post way isn't working. Yes. <laughs> We need a different type of wing. We need a different type of foreman. All that stuff still needs to happen in the portal. That's the stuff that will help raise the NCAA tournament ceiling. I say this raises our floor in the Big Ten in the regular season and helps ensure that we get to the NCAA tournament. Okay, so that's kind of where I'm where I'm at with this. And you still need some different players to help you. But the other thing, coach, is you need different ways to win. And Peyton Sparks does some things that in certain matchups are going to help you win. And so just because we've all gotten fatigued with the too big thing in a macro sense, there are also lots of games where it worked really well <laughs> and that we won. You know, and so Sparks gives you that ability as a proven guy down low who can do that. So we do need to recruit a different type of player, but we also need to be able to win different types of ways. And we need kind of guaranteed ways to address some foundational issues with the program that I think Peyton Sparks helps you address. So, yes, we need that different type of player, but that doesn't mean that Sparks doesn't address important things as well for Indiana. Well, you, you need a complete roster. Let's not let's not yeah. lose sight that you need a complete roster. You're losing. Trace Jackson Davis, Race Thompson, Logan Duncan. Uh, we don't know officially yet about Geronimo. Right now, that he hasn't declared. Um, but if he if he goes, then you've lost four post players in the four or five. 
you got to replace them. Um, you, yes, we need wings, and that's what's I think going to determine where Indiana program goes is getting those dudes like Miami, more dudes like that. Yeah, that's the key thing. But we still got four spots, uh, three spots officially right now, and potentially four spots to go out and get get those get those wings. But you can't just play Malik Renew 40 minutes uh, at the five. You need another five. You need another four. Um, you know, uh, I, I think the concern comes in if you get uh, you don't get a stretch four, then we're going to go back to that, you know, two low post offense type thing. Or hoping uh, Caleb again, Banks develops into it real fast. Right. But I still think he's going to play the three. Yeah. Um, more, more than the four. So, um, you need, you need at least three guys in that four or five, tra- you know, traditional spots, uh, to play. And, and so Sparks fills one, one of those roles. So again, that's the timing thing. We got the big first. Everyone thinks we're going to focus in on the two bigs that I don't think that says anything about the way coach Woodson wants to play next year or how he's trying to build this roster. If we get two more bigs then maybe we can come on in that third emergency pod and say, whoa, he's just recruiting bigs, and we are going to go to a big-centered offense. He's going to stay that way. But we can't say it yet. Um, right. You know, we can't say it yet. And look, if you could get all the positives that Peyton Sparks gives you, you know, but it also comes with three-point shooting and the ability to face the basket, awesome. I'd love to have that. But, you know, given what Peyton Sparks does give you, I will take it with some of the deficiencies that he doesn't bring because the role I think that he's being asked to play will be able to fit that. So it's an ongoing discussion. We'll see. And like everything, we've got to see how it actually works on the court until November. So we're now in that long part of the offseason where we're just kind of speculating and hoping and projecting and doing all that kind of stuff. Um, but I think there's reasons to be excited about this. Um, you know, I certainly am. I think Peyton fits some things that we really need. Uh, and I think he's going to be a guy that's going to surprise some people once the season starts where it's like, oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. We needed a guy like this to be able to go kind of bang and do some of these things. Um, and so I think we should all just be patient. And uh, at the end of the day, be really excited that another guy who grew up wanting to play for the Hoosiers uh, that is proving himself is coming. The last thing I want to address here, um, and by the way, we're going to talk about a lot of this more on Assembly Call Radio tomorrow. You know, We'll talk more about uh, tomorrow transferring. All that stuff um, will be coming. There's one other thing on here, Coach. Um, I don't remember who it was, but it was basically you know, something like, you know, Michael Lewis can't be happy that he's leaving. I would say, you know, to a certain extent in the position that Michael Lewis is in now, coach, I think you want your program to be able to sell to certain guys who may be between the high major and, you know, kind of Mac level. Hey, we can help you get there, right? It's like the the narrative of if Jalen Hutchifino comes in for one season and then goes to the NBA, that's now a story that Mike Woodson can sell on the recruiting trail to similar type guys. Hey, you can come in here, give me one or two good seasons, and I'm going to help you achieve your dreams. And I think Michael Lewis quite clearly looks at this, um, and I know you know he's close with Eric from Hoosier Hysterics. I think Eric might have said this in a place or two, You know that Michael Lewis really views his role as helping guys achieve their dreams. And when you do that, that means sometimes it may not be the best thing for you next season. But in the larger scope, if you build your program around helping guys get to where they want to go, and if you have this player who wanted to play for Indiana and now has a chance to do it, 
that's also a great story to be able to sell on the recruiting trail, to be able to get the next guys. Um, and so, yeah, I'm sure there's a part of Michael Lewis that is disappointed not to have this terrific player, just like there's going to be parts of Mike Woodson in, in Indiana that would love to have Jalen Huchifino for another year. Um, but it also can kind of be helpful to the growth of your program long term to have some of those stories in your back pocket to be able to sell to the next guys uh, that are coming down the road. And it seems like that's kind of how Michael Lewis looks at this. And I think that's probably a pretty good reason why he's been successful in his coaching career. Um, so I'm sure he's disappointed to lose the talent, uh, but happy for the individual. And I'm sure understands exactly how that'll help him land the next player like Peyton Sparks. You know, it's, it, it, you have to adapt to the ways of the world. Um, we can sit here and bemoan the portal. The portal hurts um, mid-majors because they're going to lose their best talent. That's just a given. So you as a mid-major coach can sit there and, 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 and just rue the fact that your best players are going to leave, or you can embrace it and say, I'm going to have to win with these guys in year one or two. The other thing you can do as a mid-major coach is understand you're going to get better recruits now because there's less recruiting of players in the high school level. If you can fill stuff from the portal and you can take someone from Ball State with two years of experience in a good league, you're probably going to take a Peyton Sparks over an equally uh, kind of talented high school post uh, that you're going to have to sit and develop. So there's going to be less recruiting of high school players, which is a negative overall for, for me as a high school guy. But you're elite Five stars and four stars are still going to get heavily recruited, but those underdeveloped, you know, four stars and three stars might have to go to a smaller school, prove their uh, ways, and then go to where they want to end up going uh, down the road. So as a mid-major coach, you take advantage of that. So now you can go on that recruiting trail and say, hey, listen, we are a place where we can get you to that next level. Come play for us for two years. And then the struggle is that you're going to have to be a really good coach to, to get freshmen and sophomores at Ball State, at Indiana State, at Valpo, or wherever you're at. you got to sell that, and then you got to win with Young and maybe hope that a couple of your dudes stay three and four. Uh, but it's just like uh, it's just like the college level where you're going to lose a Hood Shafino, you're going to lose a two year player, and then you got to replace that 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 player. But you got to embrace it as a mid major coach. Also, if I'm a mid major coach and I have aspirations to go to the Big Ten or to the ACC, I, I want to make sure that I show that I can develop players to play at that league. So yeah. now that boosts my own personal resume too. I've taken over Ball State. We finished fourth or fifth in the conference. We were tough out uh, all year long. I got a guy that came in, uh, in one year, I, I got him to a level where he can go play at, at the big 10, bring that next guy in that four star that, that couldn't go where he wanted. He's going to come to ball state. And now, now you have a resume that when, you know, uh, uh, that big school in that power six or power five wants to come, uh, you, you have shown that ability to do, to do those, uh, things to build those players. So it is a new world. And for a lot of us who have grown up in the college basketball world without NIL, without the transfer portal, it is very difficult to handle. But you know what? I like high-definition televisions a lot better than that old you know, set <laughs> that was 8,000 pounds and I had to get up and actually go and, and turn the channel. Um, I kind of like streaming. Um, the, the world advances, and whether this is ultimately good or bad, time will tell. Uh, but college basketball isn't going anywhere. Um, and people were paid 20 years ago anyway. So it's just a different world and those coaches have to adapt or you're going to just get swallowed up. And I think, uh, coach Lewis is, yeah, probably sad, but there's a lot more positives to it. If you want to look at it that way. 
I should mention now an hour and 22 minutes into this broadcast that uh, this is the assembly call. We are part of the Back Home Network. We are sponsored by the fine folks at Home Field Apparel. I am wearing my Home Field Apparel Indiana crew neck. I absolutely love it. Coach is wearing an Auburn hoodie. Uh, it's okay. Auburn. It's all, it's all good. Um, wish we'd had a chance to play uh, Auburn in the NCAA tournament. Um, but uh, go to homefieldapparel.com. Use our promo code HOME. Uh, I saw, you know, if you want to support Dusty Man Florida Atlantic, they have an FAU collection with a really cool Owl the Way shirt uh, that I thought was very clever. So go check out our friends at homefieldapparel.com. Use that promo code HOME and you will get 15% off your first order. Uh, stay tuned for Assembly Call Radio. That is coming tomorrow night. I don't know what the lineup is. I'm pretty sure Ryan will be there so he can give you his in-depth Peyton Sparks uh, scouting report. We'll talk about whatever other transfer news out or in that there may be. Visit set up. You know, Coach Woodson has visited uh, Nicholas Timberlake. He's visited Chris Ledham. I think they did an in-home with Jamison Battle either last night or today. Uh, so a lot of things are happening we will do our best to keep you updated on them. And when news breaks like this, we will always do our best to get an emergency pod up as quickly as possible. Can't always promise it'll be this quickly. Uh, if this had happened yesterday, I wouldn't have been able to do this. Um, but, you know, we try to do it uh, as close to the news as we can, give you some instant reactions. Um, and so glad that we were able to hop on here today. Coach, give me your final thoughts uh, as the first domino falls for Indiana uh, in terms of players coming in for the transfer portal. I'm just looking at this as, as exciting with the transfer portal because we have a chance to rebuild a program. Uh, if this were five, ten years ago, we were looking at a year that we're just going to have to you know, play a lot of freshmen and you, you get a transfer and they have to sit a year. So it's new. It's new and ex it's exciting. Coach Woodson has gotten us back to the tournament two years in a row. He's going to do everything possible uh, to get us back that third year in a row. And we're going to have some new dudes to, to root for and, and, and figure out next year, which makes our show uh, really interesting in the off season on how this all plays out. And it's just part of uh, part of the process. So I think Sparks is a, a good addition. When I first heard the news, you know, I, I was like, okay, that's where that's the first one. Um, and then the more I thought about it last night, and, and um, as I as I heard the rumors uh, last night, and then when I heard official this morning got on, and, and as we've talked, I, I, I think this is a very good piece uh, for for Indiana. Glad that I'm on spring break, and so I was able to to jump on. Uh, even next week, you know, the students, I'll give them a, a worksheet or something and jump on from school <laughs> if I have to. Uh, yeah, you need stuff. emergency worksheets ready. Emergency so when you hear, when you hear that sound. Yeah, when, 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 this, when you hear the sirens, kids, grab the worksheets and be quiet, right? Uh, so uh, I'll pack my microphone every day just in, just in case. But, um, yeah, I, I think it, it, it brings a little bit of juice uh, to the offseason. You know, we do this for, for many years, and sometimes offseason can be a little bit of a, uh, you know – a grind uh, and it will again at some point slow down but th this is fun stuff and, and we get to talk about how all these pieces fit in but welcome to the program um and and let's get to work and 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 we'll see where where the next uh, domino falls yeah i'm glad we get a chance to come on here and in a long form way talk through this stuff because, you know, last year there was talk about Peyton Sparks maybe being a guy Indiana was going to look at. And this year when it happened again, I'll be honest, my first thought is, 
this isn't the guy, <laughs> you know, like, you know, why do we need kind of an undersized big man who's, you know, kind of needs post touches to succeed and can't really step out and shoot? Like, haven't we been doing this? And so I, everybody who had that reaction, I get it. But I really do feel like this is one you start, again, peeling back the layers of the onion, looking at it from some different angles. It starts to make sense because as much as I was frustrated by playing a too big lineup that couldn't step out and shoot, I also at times got frustrated by a too big lineup that couldn't rebound uh, and that would just let balls just bounce and that at times seemed to have a lack of aggressiveness and that at times at times could go out there and get punked by opponents for certain stretches. I think when you bring a Peyton Sparks onto your roster, you reduce the likelihood of that happening a lot. And so he's not going to be as efficient on twos as Trace Jackson Davis. And there's probably going to be some games where he's, you know, one for five from the field and goes one for four from the free throw line. It's like, man, that wasn't a very efficient offensive day for Peyton Sparks. Okay, how hard did he play? How tough was he? You know, did he just, you know, I remember some of those conversations last year about Geo Baker talking about how no one's afraid to play Indiana. You know, well, you know what? Peyton Sparks is the kind of guy that people are going to be afraid to play with because he's going to bang on you. He's going to be physical. You're not going to want to play him, you know? And if you're putting him out there with a guy like X, I think you start to develop a bit of a different attitude. And the formula for winning is going to be a little bit different. Um, We've got to see what the final roster looks like and what the overall strategy is. But I think no matter what that is, there is room in the rotation of players Maybe not your top seven, but in that eight to 10, there's room for a guy who can rebound. There's room for a guy who's tough. There's room for a guy who's going to be an everyday practice player. There's room for a guy who draws fouls and does the stuff that Peyton Sparks brings. So, you know, I was a little lukewarm with it at the beginning, but this is one where you dig into it. I think you start to find a lot of reasons to like it and a lot of reasons to think he can be a very useful foundational piece for the next couple of years. You don't want him to be the highlight piece. You don't want the offense running through him. But I think you can get a lot out of Peyton Sparks if he's playing 10, 15 minutes a game for what he's going to do for you on the court in games and what he's going to do for you, you know, on the court in practice. And that's the kind of stuff we don't always see, but I think is important and is probably part of the calculus for bringing a guy like Peyton Sparks in. So again, on all this stuff, we wait to see how it all works out. Um, but ultimately, I'm, I feel much better about it after digging into it, talking to people about Sparks than I did just initially kind of seeing the top line, measurables, stats, all that stuff. I think you got to dig in a little bit and you start to realize all the reasons to like this. Uh, all right. Uh, that is going to do it for us here on this special edition of the assembly call, you know, just a random Wednesday emergency podcast going for 90 minutes. Uh, that is what we do, but join Jeff and Kathleen doing the work is going to be on tonight. I think at eight o'clock Eastern time. So make sure that you check them out and then check us out assembly call radio tomorrow night. We'll announce the lineup, but some, uh, iteration of us will be there talking about Peyton Sparks, talking about Tamar Bates. All of that is coming. Until then, keep your elbows in and your eyes on the rim, and go Hoosiers. All right, I got to get out of here, folks. Thank you. Thank you. Thanks for coming out. Here I come, Mrs. Tonsoni. And literally, Coach is off to see Mrs. Tonsoni. Folks, you want to know the dedication. They waited to watch the second episode of Ted Lasso so that we could do this podcast. Coach, that is dedication to the offseason, yeah. to the Indiana offseason. We appreciate I had it. A break. 
<laughs> had a breakfast date with Mrs. Tonsoni <clears throat> for breakfast and Ted Lasso. <clears throat> and now it's uh, maybe it's lunch. <clears throat> It's yeah, it's more of a lunch, lunch date, but that's okay. Now it's a lunch date um, with, with, with Ted Lasso and Mrs. Tonsoni. So hopefully she's smiling as I walk back up the steps. I don't have to duck any, anything. But um, yes, yeah. yes. I, I was like you, lukewarm. And now I'm more, more into it and, and okay. And you know, no matter what you feel about uh, certain things from, from Coach Woodson, Coach Woodson w- wants to – wants to win and wants to bring Indiana back. And, and you, we got to have a little level of trust uh, to this thing plays out. And when it's fully played out, then we can really dive in to say whether we like the, the roster or not like the roster. And, and I think, um, but this was a good piece. I, uh, the more I think about it. Yep. So I agree. All right. All I right. got to go have my lunch date. Yeah. Get out of here. Go coach. <laughs> go. Hurry. See <laughs> All right, everybody. We'll talk to you all on Thursday night. See you.